Yeah, big dog shit. If I can inspire the mind one time, that means I'm rich off this. So many ways to make that chicken other than whip your wrist. Been putting your faith in someone else, you know that's hit or miss. Been talking a lot, but I got the work, I hit up, back me up. And I had them obviously that was when life really had shook me. See, they gotta give me that back in first whenever they book me. We do it for us, say 40%, whatever they slide me. Then comments on Rockaway, even no Rockefeller ain't sign me. Bring back food, bring back food. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Curving, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. The One True King of the South, a.k.a. Y'all got me fucked up because I ain't going outside when y'all say it's going outside. I need outside 2.0 to open up first. And... On the line, as always, my wonderful co-host. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Ali Nicole, a.k.a. your favorite little shit talker, a.k.a. that inches badass. Get my bundles installed right after this episode, y'all. If you thought I was a rat before, just wait. Just you wait. Listen. A.k.a. your... I'm, I'm going to block Callie? you. I'm going to block you. Yeah, please do. Please do. A.k.a. Toximus Prime. A.k.a. Quarantine. A.K.A. that little baby who's ready to go outside. You know what, friend? What's up? I'll be honest with you. I'm not going outside the first wave. Like May 1st, me and mine will be tucked inside. I'm not going outside. This is stupid. This is absolutely dumb. So, so Ohio I... is scheduled. They're doing a soft opening, yeah. like a fucking restaurant in Ohio. And May 1st is like when they're starting to like peekaboo businesses are able to open up. So certain office spaces are able to open. Certain businesses are open. Your nail salons, hair salons, and barbershops are still closed. Are, aren't they opening up gyms and stuff too? So hear, so hear me out. So um, Ohio is not the only state. So we know states all across the country, generally the ones um, kind of controlled by Republican governors and governments, opening first because again trump made the big homie call and told niggas to ship up or ship out and niggas folded um but so and the first wave of that is may 1st now ohio specifically ohio governor dewine through all this fuck shit at you know does have some sense as far as the science part of it so even when he was given the big homie call to um, open and he folded because uh, some states are opening gyms and nail salons and barbershops up in that first wave Ohio is not mm-hmm. so gyms yes. aren't gyms aren't being open nail salon like it, it never made sense for in this pandemic where we stress social distancing it never made sense that you would open businesses that literally cannot do that you can't socially you can't socially distance and give me a lineup. You can't socially distance and get, get your nails done. You can't socially distance and get a massage. Gyms have been disgusting since the beginning of time, even before pandemic, when people were Gyms are were not wash things down and not do anything disgusting. else. Disgusting. You a little low, baby. What'd you say, baby? I'm so sorry. I said gyms. If you've been in a gym, gyms are notoriously fucking gross. Literally notorious. Folks don't half ass wipe down those machines as is. And also we don't get into like the kill time of a lot of these like chemicals and shit. 
So you spraying down the machine is cool and all, but if I use it directly after you or somebody uses it directly after me, there is no way that the chemicals in this shit, these little sprays and sanitizers have any time to actually kill any fucking germ. Like your, your standard household cleaners have like um, a five to 10 minute kill time, meaning that those services need to be left the fuck alone to give the chemicals inside of the sanitizers time to work. We don't do that. So we're still spreading germs. We're still, I look at, I'm looking at gyms as a Petri dish. I really think COVID started in a gym. The first case was some, some gym rat pumped up on C4 was like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym sick. And all of a sudden we had COVID. Stop subtweeting my nigga Rich. Relax. <laughs> That's exactly how that happened. Um, so yeah. So, <laughs> so um, in Ohio. Um, yeah, gyms aren't opening, but in other states, gyms are opening and it's really, um, and I think I've made clear my frustration plenty of times as far as like how much we're just fumbling the bag here, but it, 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 it allows me to reinstate unless you're instituting travel restrictions when you allow these certain states to open up, all this does is just allow this this virus to hop from hotspot to hotspot. Um, yeah. And it's frustrating to me because you know how, like, we tell children to, like, rip the bandaid off? And if you try to just peel it back inch by inch because it hurts a little bit, you're kind of just making yourself hurt worse. Versus if you just rip that motherfucker off, yeah, the hurt will be a little higher, but it'll stop quicker. That's what we, yes. that's what we're doing right now with this entire thing. Um, let's put it like this. And I had a conversation with Beloved the other day about this too. Um, let's say your only goal here is to save the economy. Let's say you can give a flying fuck about human lives and the toll that it will take and everything like let's just assume this is purely a money-based a money-motivated thing and you know that people aren't going to be okay going outside and spending money until they feel safe about this entire thing and you understand how the incubation period is two weeks this side of third when this kind of hit critical mass in mid-march right we're almost in may but mid-march the, the purely smart economical thing to do was to right then, right there, two week shutdown of everything. And I, I know as a black man, we don't want to like get the police involved in anything. And I am wary of like any increased police presence because <laughs> history. But if yes. mid-March, we was like, you know what? Everything shut down for two weeks unless you are essential. And we're talking essential, essential. We're talking like, put it like this. The government has a list of every profession that is considered essential to run the country. Has a list. Yeah. Um, so something that you wouldn't think are essential, like media, is are essential because you have to kind of report what's going on. You have to make people aware. Um, yeah. food, you know, grocery stores, rest, you know, restaurants, all of that are essential because, again, it's essential functions to the government. So, mid-March, you say, you know what, here's what we're going to do. Two weeks shut down, ain't shit moving unless it's, unless it's an essential business. And 
you need to have your essential worker papers on you if we pull you over mm-hmm. while you're driving. And if you don't, if you get pulled over and you don't have your essential papers, it's going to be an issue. That way, when this incubation period is two weeks, so you can have this shit for two weeks before you know you have the shit. That way, the incubation period for pretty much the entire country, everyone's forced to social distance. Uh, and honestly, for the black and brown communities that this is disproportionately affected, as soon as you mention increased police presence, we're going to stay our asses at home because we know encounters with the police don't go our way. Nine times out of ten. Therefore, now, and so you sacrifice those two weeks here, you sacrifice St. Patrick's Day, but who gives a fuck? And, st- and now you're on a much clearer path to being able to reopen the country in full, ready to go ready for action than this shit what we're doing now where we're trying to open up at a time there's not really clear guidelines of what should and should not be opening until just now we're not enforcing travel bans to kind of make sure that hot spots stay wherever at and it's going to lead to a spike which which is then going to lead to an additional second wave Worse than the original second wave that was already going to happen because it's a viral disease and second waves always happen. I know that was a lot, but that's my little, that's my vent for the time being. Yeah, I didn't have too much about COVID. Y'all know how I feel about it by now. I just, it's the responsible thing to do to report on it. We try to get that out the way at the beginning so we can get to the shits at the end. So that was our responsible portion of the day. <laughs> Calvin? <laughs> that's all we got? That's all you responsible? That's all I got. That responsibility wise, that's all I got. But you know what? Real quick, friend, quick touch in, touch base, wellness check. How are you doing? <sighs> um, hanging in there. Am I right? I mean, it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle for sure. Um, I mean, we've touched on you know, big Rona stopping bags. Haven't had a haircut, and this is the longest I've let my hair grow on my head or my face since. Like spring 2011. Um, so that's not ideal. Um, trying to just. So for me, I always look at this like, okay, the haves and the half nots always become distinctly separated in times of crisis because the haves have enough money to be able to, you know, weather whatever storm versus the have nots have to make short term decisions that impact long term realities and i'm like okay so somebody's making a bunch of money on this right now somebody's making a bag bag on this right now and i want to figure out how i can be part of people who make it a bag Mm -hmm. instead of people who are just kind of you know kind of either make things happen or things happen to you i want to be on the side that i make things happen so right how are you absolutely um, I'm actually good. I am in good spirits. Um, I've been keeping kiddo's head, you know, head in the game. He's still a knucklehead. He's going through this really weird preteen stage where he's just really trying to test boundaries and see how far he can push it. And it's up to me to like just stand firm on it. Like, bro, try anybody but me. Anybody but me. So that's where I've had to be with kiddo. Um, that aside, work is going good. I've actually gotten to a place where things are starting to be a lot more steady, a lot more just, okay, I didn't caught a stride with things, so to speak. 
um, right now I have to just ride this wave. Honestly, I'll be riding this kind of wave until August when schools kind of maybe so open back up. But other than that, you know, everything with me work-wise is very, it's been, it was a huge um, peak or spike for me. And now I've gotten over that kind of hump. And so we're on the good news is that we're on the downward side of things and things are starting to normalize, so to speak. So I'm actually pretty good. I am good. Yeah, you're an um, essential business. We, t- we touched on that and kind of just the nature, nature of your work. And you started kind of right before this pandemic hit, if I'm not I mistaken. I started, yeah, with this particular position, I started like during the peak of like social distancing and we didn't know if I was going to be able to start um, when I needed to. So we got, we got ordered to stay in a week before my start date. So they were like, we don't know how we're going to do this, da 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 um, so I actually was able to start everything for the most part was virtual, but um, I like, for instance, I've never spent one on one time with my actual direct my director, so to speak. Um, everything that we talk about is literally over the phone because she has to stay home. I have to be in the office. So it's been really like it's been <laughs> it's been interesting. So I know that um, because I'm used to operating in the abnormal, that once we get to a normal space, things will my job will be a lot easier, you know. So no. Everything is everything. You know what? No news on my end is good news. And that's that's all we can pray for. But friend, you ready to put this week in rice? Yeah, let's get a popping. Let's get a popping. All right. You want to talk about the Jordan doc this this week? Oh, in um, a a rare version of Calvin explains the sports. Right. So. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know or are not really hip on what's going on, um, ESPN had a 10 part documentary on Michael Jordan and the 98 Bulls. So 97-98 Bulls, which is the last um, championship team for the Bulls. So quick backstory. Um, so they, they, the Bulls had this camera crew around 98, kind of just behind the scenes, unfiltered access. Um, but they were kind of sitting on the footage. Michael Jordan specifically was sitting on the footage for about 15, 20 years because he just wasn't ready, ready to release it. You know, wasn't sure how it was going to go. Um, and then he finally decided to release the footage or like give the go ahead to like make the film happen. Um, the day that LeBron and the Cavaliers were celebrating their parade in Cleveland for winning the title. So that's a, it's an interesting time to say, I've been sitting on this footage. And now I'm going to release it. It's like when, when Jay-Z releases the album, whenever Nas decides to release the album, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and so this documentary um, kind of goes through it. So it's a weird like, like, sequencing choice that they do. So they go through chronologically the 98 season, which is the last season, the last dance, and kind of tell the stories about that, what, you know, coaches getting ready to move on is michael gonna retire scotty pippen is you know holding out for a contract dennis rodman is dennis rodman um but they will jump back in time to you know depending on the subject or to try to add additional context to whatever they're talking about so so it kind of jumps back and forth it's like avengers endgame it kind of just jumps back and forth um Mm-hmm. So and so we get to see and so for a lot of people who weren't weren't you know really outside 
when Jordan was in his peak of his powers. Um, this is kind of our first un- unfiltered look. Or somewhat filtered because Jordan had a heavy hand in the documentary. So, you know, it's going to be tilted a little bit in his favor. You know, Beyonce is yes. not going to release anything, but doesn't re- portray Beyonce in a good light. Right. So it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, Jordan, Jordan even if, if, if Jordan may look like an asshole in some parts, he's still going to make sure it portrays him in a good light overall. So it kind of goes through um, all of that. We've seen the first four parts of the season already. It kind of discusses mm-hmm. Michael, Scotty, Phil Jackson, Dennis Rodman, kind of the, uh, you know, the main four players and gives backstory and all of them. Um, it's good to have at least something sports related to talk about, <laughs> to be honest. Um, Which is why I let the timeline have peace. Because again, I believe in letting people enjoy things. So enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, we don't get much these days. And so the little, little things matter. So no, I'm not going to. And I hated the people that's like, oh, niggas is talking about sports again. And it's like, for this one, if it was like a regular, like a regular season game or something, I would have trolled my ass off. But not only are we talking about one of the greatest athletes of all time, we're talking about, and especially like we're talking about a time where men don't get sports. Y'all don't have this outlet right now. So I'm happy that y'all have something. Like I'm, I am totally happy for you guys. Like genuinely this time. I don't know shit about shit. It's weird. It's weird for me. It's, it's, sorry. It's weird for me that there's a certain subsect of people, women and men, who just don't think that the opposite sex, and I'm speaking in heteronormative dynamics here. Look at you. I, you didn't think I knew that word, did you? Teaching you fucking words. So proud. Um, we're speaking, speaking in that dynamic, just don't feel like men should be able to enjoy themselves without women being the cause of that enjoyment and vice versa. Like, and it, it shows some ignorance because I saw one shorty tweet out like, Y'all talking about this Jordan doc like it's Beyonce. And I'm like, you clearly don't know who but it Jordan is. is. And that's okay. It is my Beyonce. <laughs> but it's also like, we don't even have to get into feelings. We can get into comparable numbers here, right? We talk about in comparable antidotes. We're talking about like Jordan had players on the opposing team during the Olympics after he just blew them niggas out asking for autographs. Like... When he did an international trip to, like, France before the season, like, he had around-the-clock security because he literally, as soon as he left his hotel room, it was mobs of people just wanting their chance with MJ. So, yes, he is Beyonce. He, he was famous before Beyonce was famous. Like, in no shade to the queen, but, like, that is what it is. But also, we don't have to compare two bad bitches, okay? We, we just don't, we don't have to do that. We really do not have to compare two bad bitches. We can let people have things in their respective lanes and, like, keep shit at that, right? Speaking of staying in your motherfucking lane, are you ready to talk about Insecure? Yeah, let's get it. They tried to play my son dirty this week. I ain't, I ain't going. First of the fucking all, and I hate when y'all make me agree with men. I really, really, really don't like it when I have to tell, like, I really don't like defending men. I really, really don't. It actually pisses me off when I have to utter the words, Lawrence was right. I literally take my temperature. You can't be a hater all your life, friend. You can't be a hater all your life. Can't do it. Lawrence was right. 
What was okay, that again? So we get into the episode. Hold on, before you go into it, what was that again? Lawrence was right. Lawrence was what? Lawrence was right. Okay, just had to make sure I heard that. You know what I'm saying? Cool. Moving on. So we get into the episode where it's the Thanksgiving episode where you're kind of seeing the dynamics between Issa's family, Molly's family, and a little bit of the the chemistry between Lawrence, a brother looking to Lawrence and Condola, right? That's the only time I'm going to say her name correctly. Um, and so Issa's family, you kind of see played, her mother was played by Raquel Robinson. Shout out to her. She will always, she will stay playing somebody's bullshit ass mama. She ain't never for the right in none of her roles. Her and Jennifer Lewis and that's her, and um, what the fuck is her name? Whitfield. They yeah. never play mamas for the right. They never play good mamas. It's kind of like whenever Ving Rhames shows up in a movie, you know he did some bullshit yes. and he probably beat on somebody. Similar. Lynn Whitfield never plays a mother that I'm like, damn, that's a good ass mama. I never see her in that role. Raquel Robinson is the same way. She's always a chasing ass man. Her mama roles are like, oh, I'm the mama gotta have fun too, mama. Like, she's always chasing some nigga and the nigga is never her child's father. Like, it's always, it is always that. She is 12 years a stepmama? 12 years a stepmom, okay? But anyway, so we see Issa there. So Issa and Molly are one of my favorite scenes between them two in this particular episode. Now, the, this episode for me, they snap. Like, the last two episodes have been funny as fuck. I was either, that edible was either whooping my ass or the last two episodes were funny as fuck. I will so, say this, but episode two, the edible's just whooping your ass. That episode was mid. Oh, the that edible was mid, whooping my ass. The edible's whooping your ass. That episode two was a mid burger with cheese. We didn't even talk about it for real on the podcast because it was that mid. Yeah, but I also didn't remember a lot of it, but it's fine. Because it's the fine. edible was whooping your ass. Yo ass for sure but um and shout out to the plug because he did that he texted me today like i got more on deck and i will be there with my crackheaded ass um anywho so we one of my favorite scenes was when Issa and molly were at the grocery store and their tension they both recognize that they just haven't been being the friends to each other that they both expect it's like y'all dog shit has just been weird and so they set up a time, you know, Molly makes an amazing pie. You know, your friend put, cooks for you. Say, hey, I'm making pie. I'm going to the parents' house. Pull up. We'll talk then. You know, so boom, mm-hmm. you get to Molly. Now, if you remember in season two, when Molly's parents were trying to renew their vows, it came out that Molly's father had an affair with her mother, an affair on her mother. And Molly was very hurt because she thought her, she always emulated her parents' relationship and and idolize it to the point where you know hey my it was detrimental to her years. current relationships yeah. because of that yeah exactly because she had this idea of what perfection looked like because she saw she thought what she thought she saw in her parents so finding out you know your dad is human and her brother put it perfectly dads are niggas too they just a little older and I felt like this was the this was the first time Molly had like really came that we see Molly coming around to her family and trying to enter and trying to interact. Meanwhile, also self-sabotaging the again, pushing Andrew away, her current little beau, pushing Andrew away from coming around and getting close to her. Again, we see more of Molly in this self-sabotage. And then you have Lawrence, right? Which is a scene I wanted to talk about. 
Lawrence picks up, what was it, Calvin? Didn't Lawrence like bring something to Condola's house, which is why he ended up at Thanksgiving anyway? No, no, no. So, they were so here's bed. how that happened. So, so. Yes, Lawrence, I was like, wait, because again, yeah. I do a lot of drugs, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Meanwhile, me over here, the sober and clean one. You know what's wild when I'm the sober and clean one. Anyway. The, um, I, I can't about smoke because you'll smell it on me at work, but edibles have been my shit this quarantine. <laughs> we we ain't gotta talk about that. We'll talk about we'll talk about that at a different time. <laughs> For sure. But so here's what happened. So Lawrence and Controla are cuddling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, um doing a little cuddle <laughs> shit in the morning before up. before before uh you know Condoleezza goes to work. And <laughs> so and you know Lawrence is like, yo, you know, you know, he he gives gives her a props like, you motivate me, make me want to, you know, do better, you know, typical shit. Um, right. He's practicing his little pitch in the mirror and everything, and then like, uh, Shorty mentions her Thanksgiving dinner and like, oh, like her friend's giving. He's like, oh, like, you know, what I'm saying, why didn't you tell me? And she was like, I didn't think you would want to come. He's like, yeah, I want to come. She's like, all right, cool. Um, so then Lawrence. Drive goes to work and finds out that like one of the investors in his tech firm pulled out. Mm-hmm. So it's like so if like half the budget is just gone, which puts his job know, up in the air. We know those feelings. <laughs> Calvin, man, you and I know what that feels like all too well. <laughs> I was like, look, man, especially during this pandemic, this this shit this shit hit a little too close to home. So after that, and so he's you know, he's a little nervous because you know, like what the fuck? And kind of rolls with Chad. I love Chad. Chad keeps it real. And, and I then fucking he br- love Chad. Listen, Chad keeps it 100. And then, so then he, bring, he brings the wine over to Shorty House early. So it's like, you know. And then he even tries to play Captain Fix a Saint nigga. Who's like, I can do that shit. It's whatever. Tries to fix a Saint. Right. So throughout the uh, night, you know, he, he's giving witty banter. You know, back and forth with the friends. He's playing playing a real good role. And then um Comptroller has this drunk friend. We all have a drunk friend who just messy. So the drunk friend kind of hints to the fact that like Lawrence is a rebound nigga because uh Comptroller got divorced a year and some change ago. And right. You know, Which Lawrence wasn't unfamiliar with, like he right, knew that. But but the unfamiliarity came in. Where you know the drunk friend is like, "I'm so happy for her. This is just fun, and this is what she needs right now. Just some fun, some and like." But Lawrence really likes Shorty because like Shorty is an upgrade over Issa in pretty much every standard, right? He likes Shorty, but he's starting to feel that 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 may not be reciprocated, and so. At the end, after they clean up and everything, they kind of had this conversation where it's like, mm-hmm. Lawrence asks, like, and like, what's what we're doing? Like, and I think, you know, first Lawrence says, like, thank you for inviting me. And, and, and Shorty's like, well, I kind of technically didn't invite you. You invited yourself, which I mean, it's true, but it's also like, there's certain things, ouch, ouch and also like, there's certain times where like, a little white lie can save you a big argument. <laughs> you just be, if she just said I thank feel, you, right? you could, if she just said, oh, no, no problem. None of the rest of that shit would have happened. 
here's how I would have handled that, right? And I guess, well, no, let me continue. Cause I'm going to circle back to my thought. The issue that I had was that they were talking, Lawrence had mentioned what her, his drunk ass, played by Robin, Robin Thede, by the way. So shout out to her. But um, the issue that I had with that was that in that interaction, Lawrence was trying to get a gauge on what they were doing and where they were going with things. And Condola said, and Lawrence asked like, hey, are you over your ex? And she was just like, well, I just got divorced like a year and a half ago. Like, cut me, cut me some slack. And Lawrence's question was very valid. Are you over him? Now, as a, as a divorcee, I can honestly say that I'm two years out from my divorce. And I may not miss the, the relationship, but the, that person was my best friend. Yes, I miss my ex-husband. I don't miss our relationship. I miss the access and the relation and the, not the relationship, the access and the person, our friendship. I miss that shit. Because that's a bond that if you haven't experienced that, it's, it's truly one of a kind. So that is something that you do miss. But understanding that I can miss you and know and understand that missing you and wanting you a part of my life are two totally different things. And Condola should have just been real in that moment. But no, she wasn't. What she did was like, she said, do you miss it? What about you and your ex? I have to work with her, which was valid. And how she had just left it right there. I'd be still team Condola. But she, she, no. hey, she started she deflecting. Was, she started deflecting from the She center. really did. She did. And the part where she lost me at was when she asked Lauren, she said, had Issa not cheated, would y'all still be together? Bitch, is water wet? If your ex was such an amazing, kept being the amazing person that you fell in love with, wouldn't y'all still be together? No. The mistakes that you make have consequences. Issa made See, a mistake I'm that glad. ended the relationship. I'm glad that I was I the only one that, that thought right. that was a stupid ass question. I'm like that question was so fucking dumb, dog. If my if my exes had continued to be amazing men during our relationship, they would not be exes. It was like Lawrence and Issa did not fall out of love. There was a mistake that was made that was unforgivable. And you can love somebody and also understand that you disrespected me to the point where I can't come back from that. I can yeah. love you and also know that I can't have you a part of my life. And that's the decision that Lawrence made. Now, do I agree with how far he took things? No. Which is the, the, the great debate between you, I, and everybody else out there. But in this particular instance, Kendola overstepped the fucking boundary. Because had your ex-husband continued to be a great man, y'all would still be together, right? Right. But he's not. There was a rift. There was a change. There was something... There was a nucleus that the nucleus of your relationship is no longer that. So you bounce. And whether that catalyst be cheating or infidelity or lying or whatever, whatever it is that is the deal breaker for you, that's valid. And for her to question that with Lawrence on the not only did she look and honestly, she low key gaslit Lawrence because she was being held accountable for low key being shitty. And she was just like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to answer this. I don't have to answer this. Well, let's make this about you and your ex because I actually know your ex. I interact with her. I see the inside jokes. I see the banter. And the one thing if Condola wanted to feel, the part that, like, okay, I'm getting a vibe from Condola that she wants to be in, in on the inside joke of their relationship. Now, I don't know about you, Cal, but inside jokes for me are intimate. Like, if me and my man have something that only we understand, and I'm just, like, and you have a condola-like situation, and she tries to come in on that, it's intrusive for me. Because, sis, why don't you make your own? 
And it feels like she wants to be like their third wheel instead of creating a, her own connection with Lawrence aside from Issa. You've already got it established that you and her are able to work together. Why are you still trying to pencil your way into something that they're both telling you is over with? It's insecurity. I don't but get it. It's insecurity, but also, um, shout out to the Twitter detectives of the world um, for kind of putting me on this. So back in episode two, when um, Condoleezza says that she is going on a romantic vacation to Issa, right? We all assume it's with Lawrence. But you, you see later on in the episode that, like, uh, Shorty doesn't make the concert, but Lawrence is at home on the couch watching, watching his show. So it's like, who is this romantic weekend who with? Who the fuck was she with? Yeah. Exactly. You, you know what? Me? The Twitter world, listen. Y'all observant. Y'all Man, I observant. promise if Twitter was around, we would have found Osama bin Laden way before we actually <laughs> Listen, Twitter will find out, okay? Listen. So, uh, you know what? And that's it. I, don't get me wrong. On paper, condensation sounds really good, okay? She looks amazing on paper. But in person and, like, in action, like, everybody's, everything sounds good in theory. You put that shit into action, right? And Condado's does not look good in practice. It does sound like she's got some things she needs to work out. It does sound like that her and her, she's not really truly over her ex-husband or over the relationship of her ex-husband. It, all of those can be true while you're also getting to know someone else. But you need to say that shit. So I know as a person how to move and react with you. I really don't like the fact that I agree with Lawrence. This is bothering me. Like, and shout out to the film study majors who also said during that scene, you see there's three chairs. There's a chair for Lawrence, there's a chair for Chimichanga, and there's a chair empty for the ex that neither one of them is fully over. So it's like just, just that subtlety of like, there's someone else here that we can't see. Um, one final thing I don't is, think Lawrence is over Issa. I don't think, you know what's crazy is that that third chair, I don't think is an ex. I think that third chair is ego because they both, I think they're both like, you know what? You're not over your ex, but you're not over yours. So it becomes a stalemate and like, bro, okay. I can admit to you that there's still some healing and growth that I need to do, but I like you. And I don't want that to take away from the opportunity that we have here. We know that I'm not going back. I know you're not going back or I need reassurance that we're moving ahead in this while still saying that, you know what, spiritually and emotionally, this X, Y, and Z is something I still need to work on. You can say that, but you also need to be prepared for whatever the answer is behind that. Okay, you're not ready to be with me or we're not ready to be together. We still both have things we need to work on, but let's grow together. You can work on yourself with someone. You absolutely can. But it's about being and having that upfront conversation. And to be, if I know Insecure, like I feel like I know the way this is written, the one thing this show that keeps it on its axis is the fact that there's a lack of communication and accountability. So no, this shit is going to be mishandled as fuck. And especially now that Lawrence is sliding in DMs and shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no. And honestly, out of the chaotic part of me wants Issa and Lawrence to get back together. See, chaotic me wants to see that. Man, listen, I don't like it because I believe my 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 brother Lawrence deserves better. But it's gonna happen, and that might be the end of insecure for me. 
if, if Insecure ends with both of them knocking each other's boots off in love again, I'm a, I'm a head out. But it's like, but one final thing, Issa t- was talking about like how she felt like she built Lawrence. I disagree. I, I understand that women sometimes quote unquote build a man. I don't think Issa built Lawrence. I think she tolerated. Let's it. fucking argue. I think she Shall tolerated we? Lawrence because if she built Lawrence, right? If she and first and foremost, again, we want to talk about how some other person is getting the benefits of your builtness. You could have got those benefits too if you just stayed faithful. You didn't even cheat when he was down bad. You waited till he was back up to cheat with Daniel. So like, if you waited or didn't y'all make it seem like Issa plotted to cheat on this man? It I mean, she had she like had the want she had the wand on eyes because of because of what we talked about, but. As soon as she finally, as soon as she finally verbalized her feelings, Lawrence got off his ass and then started putting in work. And then when he finally landed that tech job, that's when she cheated. So it's like, but I understand the whole. I feel like she got the benefit of what I put in, but you could have got them same benefits if you just stayed faithful. No one would be mad at Issa if she broke up with him before she cheated. It's like, but now you cheat and then you want to act like you. You you still a victim after you cheated. That's where it, she loses me. So here's the thing. Lawrence got off his ass, and this is the part where we we me and you disagree. Where we literally go separate, right? We forget that Lawrence and Issa were together four or five years. Of these four or five years, let's say four, right? Of these four years, Lawrence was on her couch jobless collecting unemployment for two of them for as somebody who has been there okay supporting a a partner that was laid off you get in my book that first month that first 30 days of licking your wounds cool you get that from me okay after those 30 days you need a plan but here but see here's why i cut you off because he had his plan let me finish he had a plan right you were planning on launching an app and you had a plan. You were working on your business plan. Cool. You can do that and have a part-time job. You can do that and get off your ass. You can do that and like you can have, listen, the one of my favorite quotes from the Bible, me of all people quoting the Bible, but one of my favorite quotes is face without works is dead, bro. Dead. And you cannot sit here and tell me what you're working on without me watching you actually put in work, bro. Your potential does not pay no bills around here. And I can believe in you and also be frustrated because this shit is on me. Every single thing, all the coming and going, the in and out, every grocery I put in this bitch, your ability to sit on my couch and watch TV is is something that I paid for. I paid for that. I finance this. Everything that you're doing right now is on me. So now, yes, here's, do I believe now here's you? where Absolutely. your opinion doesn't match facts. Let me I'm finish. Show you why. Let me finish. Everything that you're doing on this couch for two years while you put work your master plan, it requires your ass to be able to eat, drink, and sleep. All of that requires energy. Energy requires money. Let's keep it 100. So your lack of unemployment weighs on this relationship because we like to make it seem like the only thing that creates infidelity in a relationship is cheating and that's not it you as a partner when we entered this you were employed we entered this going 50 whatever the financial agreement of the relationship is that's what i agreed to 
if we need to make adjustments, of course, we'll do that as such. But at some point as a man and as a partner, you're not pulling your weight. And you can't sit here and say that when your partner's not financially pulling their weight, that it does not, ref- it does not affect every other aspect of your relationship. The same way if we talk about it sexually. If I'm not giving my man no ass, it's going to have an impact on every other aspect of my relationship. If I'm not talking or communicating or spending quality time with my man, it's going to affect every aspect of our relationship. It's a part of the pie, just like everything else is. Lawrence was not carrying his weight. He did not deserve to be cheated on, but he also was not carrying his weight. Are you you finished, ma'am? In rant. In rant. So, quickly. Again. Unemployment benefits for two years, right? And so we talk about not carrying his weight. Also, clearly, Lawrence was at least putting in on the bills because as soon as he moved out, Issa could no longer afford her apartment, right? So both incomes were necessary to keep that apartment because as soon as Lawrence moved out, he took away his income from that. She had nowhere else to stay. Am I wrong? You're not. Okay. So, again, and I think that's the main thing. And also, we understand, again, we talk about ego. And so, again, it's Lawrence, we can assume, has at least a bachelor's degree in some sort of software engineering or whatever. And it's the, the ego thing is what is what impacted Lawrence because it's hard you know he was he was working on the app but it's also hard to know that you have the skills necessary that would apply to a job super high paying and then accept a minimum wage sort of situation now you do it you know you tuck your pride in you tuck your ego in do what you got to do for your family sure and Again, and that's the only two things. We agree that, again, Lawrence didn't deserve to be cheated off because of that. If Issa had just left Lawrence alone when she was when when he was down bad, she has a lot more leeway on everyone agreeing with her. Women leave niggas who who are broken, unemployed every day. Be her that story would have been relatable. For everything. I am niggas. Anyways, I'm not I'm ignoring you. I'm continuing my point. So yeah, but once you cheat and then you know you you're not sure if you want to hide it or not, but then the timing of it, even if you cheated on Lawrence while he was down bad, people you would have more people understood you, but he had just got his new job and was things were looking up when you did it. All of that, all of that being said. You don't get to take credit for my glow up after you made the mistakes. You don't get to take credit for that. You you're you're mad at you're mad at Chimichanga because she got the benefits, quote unquote. But if you had just stayed and continued to be faithful, you would have had those same benefits. Secondly, so it's, it is arrogant. If, hold on, it's, it is arrogant of Issa. Because it took Lawrence separating himself from her to really glow up in, in seasons two and season three. We see that. So did you build Lawrence up or were you complicit and were you enabling him to not really seek his full self? And I think both sides did that. You see, they had to separate 
Issa had to separate from Lawrence. Lawrence had to separate from Issa in order for them to both relatively reach a higher version version of themselves. Okay, so from somebody's standpoint, from Issa's standpoint, I feel her. To be honest, I know what it feels like firsthand to put energy into a man who, I'm not going to say wasted my time, but the potential, I, I invested into potential, right? We end in whatever, and that potential blows the fuck up, right? And now, the man that I quote-unquote invested into has come to fruition, and I'm watching you be the man that I was helping work towards to somebody else. I supported you in that journey. And you cannot say that you, for me, I supported you in this journey. I supported you in your walk. I supported you when you were down. I was your motivator, your, your financier. I was your counselor, your, your lover, and your secretary, okay? And when you get to your pinnacle, I can be proud of you and also feel like, goddamn, you know what I'm saying? Like had, you know what I'm saying? Goddamn, I'm sure that you're treating her better and greater as you should because you do deserve to grow. But I, I am a little hurt by the fact that it took all of that for you to finally be this man, finally be this guy. I don't want, I don't, why do I get to the broken you? Right. The, the you that needs work and grooming and I'm working on myself. You. Why couldn't I? Why did I not deserve that guy? Now, I'm not speaking about Issa's so much per se here, but I do. Honestly, her feelings resonate with me and a lot of like my girlfriends, because we talked about this after the episode. I understand exactly where she's coming from. I saw the man that you are right now. I saw him from Jump Street. And the fact that I'm watching you be the person that I always knew that you could be to a woman who's not me. Bro, that's painful. That's, that's, that's some shit. And honestly, like, it sucks that Issa has to see it because my preference is, bro, I don't want to see none of it. If you're going to go be great, be great out of my face. Like, I'm happy for you, but I don't need to see none of it. And for Issa, knowing that Condola is a great girl and Lawrence is now turning into the man that she always knew she could be, knew he could be, I understand but, exactly uh, why she's a little bitter. It's arrogance. And I here's why it's arrogance to me. Because we talk about linear curves, yes, as the, the older that you get, the more experience that you accumulate, the better person you generally turn out to be, right? Like, I, the person I am at 22 is not the same person I am at 28. The person, the knowledge I had in 2017 is not the same knowledge I have in 2020. So, yes, as you grow, you are, you, you, you are supposed to become better. You are supposed to become smarter. Be more secure in your job. Be, be more secure in your field. Be, be more secure in who you are, your masculinity, your femininity, your, your divine energy, all of that. That's supposed, that is supposed to be better with time. So, if you, and so you know what you are willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. So if you get with, it's almost like the stock market. If you get in on the ground floor and you buy low on a stock because you have a feeling that it's going to blow up, like there's going to be innovation and it's going to be the hottest thing market, you buy low. So you get, so you think that you're getting the, the man that you see the potential here, if a woman that you see the potential she has to be at a, at a lower price than what you'll be willing to pay. You're, it's, it's, you're, you're placing a bet 
on this person, right? Like, you know what? I can buy, you know, in the stock market price, I can buy you at $50 now because I know you're going to be worth 5000 later. I'm getting a much grander return on my investment. Right. Okay, cool. That happens every day in the stock market. That happens every day in life. I'm, I'm going to get in low. Like, I'm a, like even, even something as shallow as like, oh, girl, he's fine. But if he gets on a workout plan and a diet, he'll be much finer. We do that every day because we want to be able to buy in on the market, on, a, on below market value. And then when the person glows up, that happens. Yeah. So you buy in on the market floor and say for, you know, whatever reason, stock, stock price ain't growing as fast as you want it to. It's, you know, it's becoming stagnant. It's becoming this, that, and the third. You know, you expected to be at 5000 it's still at like sixty. You know what I'm saying? So you're not getting that return on investment you want. So you cut bait. You sell. You sell the market. You sell the stock back to the market. No one's mad at you for that. No one is mad at you for selling the stock back to the market if it's underperforming. But just because you sold the stock back to the market because it was underperforming, you know, for whatever a variety of reasons, doesn't that mean at that point you don't get to be mad? I mean, you, feelings are valid. But it's not the stock's fault that innovation happened. It's not the stock. He didn't do that to spite you. It was always a it was always a chance that things would go in a linear time frame, but older, the wiser someone would get, the more experienced someone would get, that the the chance of them to be able to evolve into a, a better and grander person happens, whether or not it's in a relationship or not. And yes, our experiences in relationships do influence that. But again, that is a risk that you take whenever you decide to get in on the ground floor. So yes, it sucks to see the the, the stock you saw at $60 turn into $6,000. I get it. It's not, it hurts. And no one's saying that you're not allowed to hurt. But it's also not anyone else's fault for buying that stock once it gets, it's not, you know what I mean? Like it's not the stock's fault for continuing to grow. You don't want me to, if you, I mean, you, you don't fair. want me to stop growing just because you broke up with me. So you can so you can look back at ten years. <laughs> no, I don't want you to stop growing. But also, duality is a thing. Like, and I think that's my point about it. I can also see that you put in work for yourself, and but I'm also very happy for you. But you can't sit here and say that with the effort and the energy that I put into you did not help you become the man that you are today. And I want you, and I'm proud of you, and I want you to continue to grow in that. But I can also sit here and say, like, damn. When I had you, this is where you were, and when now this is where you are, and I'm happy for you. But what about me? And I, I like again, it may be just slightly irrational, but I do understand. It's exactly it's, it's a motive based off of selfishness like, and ego. I completely understand. And those so, in, it is a little selfish. It's absolutely selfish, but it doesn't mean that it's not relatable. Because I think there is somebody who's just like, damn. I know like what it feels like. I had Alex when she was in her parents' basement. Now the bitch look now look at her. You know what I'm saying? Like that's great. And there are some things like from my exes that I've taken from them that I, that they have learned me that helped me become the woman that I am today. Would I attribute all my success to them? Absolutely not. No. But I will say that they will help me learn lessons that develop me to be where I am now. Absolutely. But that's relationships in general. So these men felt a type of way because they had me when I was broke and now I'm up now. Like, sure, if you want to feel some type of way, that's on you. But I do take the things that I learned from you and I apply them so I can be a better person. So thank you. Be but next. What we got? What we got next? Uh, you ready to get into hot topics? Let's, do it. Let's get it.
You ready? Because this is going to, this is, this, all right. So mm-hmm. we talk a lot about preferences, right? And especially when we speak about, you know, light skin versus dark skin, tall versus short, educated college grads versus, you know, no college grad or degrees. You know, we talk a lot about what we prefer, right? And I guess the issue that I've been seeing is that everybody's entitled to their preference. The issue that I'm having is that when your preference takes away from, when your preference starts to disparage the things that you're not attracted to or that you don't deem attractive, it starts to become, I don't know, backhanded, so to speak. Like, I don't, I don't. I take issue with the fact that people speak about their preferences as if your preferences aren't rooted in something. You know what I mean? Your preferences are rooted in something. You learned how to like this thing from something. You picked this up from somewhere. Okay. Like for instance, my attraction to short men probably comes from my dad. My dad is only five, eight. Short men have never been a problem for me because I've grown, I've grown up with it. My preference for dark skinned men is because that's what I was around. Not to say that light-skinned men aren't attractive. My preference for women come from the Nelly Tiptoe video. I saw ass, so ass is what I, what I was attracted to. No offense to the women who got big-ass titties. But I think that when your preference, like I said, when your preferences start to, if you can't express your preferences without insulting whoever it is that you don't, don't, don't fit into your preferences, You've got some things that you need to unpack, right? And I'm just seeing a lot of it when we start talking about dark-skinned women. And personally, I'm not the lightest thing in the world, but I'm not the darkest thing in the world. But I also identify as a darker-skinned woman, dark-skinned women. And when I see derogatory comments, when I see them being dehumanized, especially on the the next topic we're going to get to, it really does start to hit home. Like... Do y'all unpack your preferences at all? And when I say y'all, it's gender neutral. But do you t- ever take time to unpack why you like the things that you like? Or is so, it just like, oh, she's okay. light-skinned, so this, it's cool? So, let's address your original point before I get into my counter. So the original point about like unpacking preferences. Preferences and come from stereotypes. Stereotypes come from what we've been taught. So everything is internal, right? We, we discussed all of that. And so... There's oftentimes where, right, because you're inundated, like you're inundated by the media, you're inundated by society, that your personal preference may not, you may not be intentionally trying to disparage someone else, but it, it, it comes off a of disparity. I will say this, and this is where you have to kind of step outside of social media and like go outside for real, you know, back when outside was open. Because um, on social media, when outside was 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 available. When outside was an option. Um, because because on social media, unless you're dating a dark skinned woman, people and this this I hate those those people who kind of like look for a way to be mad. So, and and yeah, and so for and so when any a black man posts his girlfriend or his wife or is caught with somebody that he is rumored to be seeing. If she is not, if she is not the darkest woman available, you hear whispers of, and yells of colorism, and it's like, well, we we're 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 projecting an right. awful lot here off of a photo. 
And because I remember when Kendrick Lamar, when, when Kendrick Lamar, when people find, I agree with that. figured out his wife was light-skinned, they tried to discount everything that he rapped about because his wife was light-skinned. I'm like, he... They also tried the but, same but, thing he, with Childish um, Gambino. Here's the difference. And so, words mean things. Again, we talk about if your preference is built Absolutely. off of disparaging the other pref- the, the, the non-preferences, that's when it's problematic. So if you have someone like Kodak Black who's like, I don't want to date no dark skin bitches. Yes, that is a problem. But if I just happen to find a light-skinned woman as my wife or as my partner and I don't go off the way to disparage anybody else, that's different. If it just happens that I have like a, a, a hot streak of a certain of a certain skin tone, but I don't say like, ew, dark skin, ew, ooh, whatever. Like, that's fine. So I think it's one of those things where it's like, we often work off the assumption of, unless this person is Ari Lennox, Lapita Nyong'o, that sort of woman. And that's, and okay, so boom, right? You're getting ready to make my point. I think that especially because of the standards of, and I think the majority of women are absolutely beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. And that's just not because I sexualize women or I'm sexually attracted to women. I think women are beautiful. But when you think about the standards between light-skinned women and dark-skinned women, in order for us to, in some of the cases, and honestly, I might be speaking about the loud minority, so I'm saying that up front, but in some of the cases, in some of the instances, it's almost like in order for us to prop up a dark-skinned woman, right, who doesn't have perfect skin or amazing teeth or the craziest body we've ever seen, like Bria Miles, you know, we make it seem like they have to be insanely fucking gorgeous, out of the way, astronomically beautiful as dark-skinned women in order to say, oh, dark skin appreciation post, like, or dark skin appreciation, like, bro. I have seen, and no offense, no offense at all, I have seen average-looking light-skinned women be propped up just because they're light-skinned, not because they're pretty or, or even have anything great or intelligible to say. Like, it's just they're light-skinned, and they have curly hair, and it's more palatable than it is when you're looking at a dark-skinned woman with hair, and with 4C hair, and, and somebody that takes a little bit longer to take in, according to standard. I've seen that, though. And it's like, the standard and the, the metric system for that is completely different. And it's frustrating. It's super frustrating, especially when we speak on it. And I'm watching folks dehumanize Black women. I'm seeing the threads. I'm seeing the content. I'm seeing, so, I, I, I'm seeing it. And it's hard for me sometimes not to internalize that or taking it as my own because I know ignorant motherfuckers. Ignorance going to be ignorance. But when it's constant, when the loud minority is consistent, so it's hard what, not to internalize. A couple things. One, um, we, we, met, we, 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 we deem light skin as feminine and we deem dark skin as masculine. And I see, you know, we, we see the portrayal both ways, right? We, how, how much, we, we make fun of light skin niggas all the time for right. like their quote unquote light skin tendencies. Am I wrong? That because we, because we equate light skin to. No. Femininity, and you know, if you're if you're you know, the phrase "tall, dark, and handsome" has been in the vernacular since 
ever. You know what I mean? So we so we so we equate dark to masculine and we create light to femininity. And it's not fair to either side of the coin. It's not fair to a light-skinned man who if he, if he's conventionally attractive, people are automatically question his sexuality because it's like, "Ooh, he's too pretty to be straight." It's not fair to a dark-skinned woman who has who has a harder rubric to to, to be considered pretty than 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 anyone else. It's not fair to either side. Um, and again, we talk about we we talk about the loud minority. But one thing I do want to mention when we talk about preference is the loud minority of people who are outwardly outwardly um, vocal with their preference for like quote unquote hood niggas and how problematic that is. Because a it feeds into the the toxic masculinity stereotypes that we're supposed to be dismantling, right? B some of the, some of the things right. that I see people call hood are just asinine. Like you think hood means stupid. Like, ooh, I, like when you date a hood nigga and you just see mad misspellings, it's like he don't have to be. Like, what do you think a hood nigga is? Like, just a dumbass. Like, what's crazy is that my favorite my the my okay as somebody who's dated men like men from the hood, like. My favorite thing about them is that they are actually very, very, very intelligent. Street smart and book smart. It's just, listen, listen, if you want to get a good grasp on like a hood nigga, what a hood nigga is, Erica Badu wrote a song about it, The Other Side of the Game. It's perfect. There's nothing stupid about a hood nigga. Y'all date stupid niggas from the hood. And my favorite, my attraction to hood from men from the hood came from the fact that they are extremely generous. They're some of the sweetest men I've ever met. They are super down to earth. And on top of that, like they, pro- they are natural protectors. If you're their bitch, like their woman, there is nothing co- that comes before you or barely anything that comes after you. Y'all dates are going to be fire. They're going to order that steak well done, but it's going to be at prime. It's going to be at precinct. Like it's going to be the best of the best. That's, that's how they move. The, every hood man I've ever dated or nigga from the hood that I've ever dated made sure that the at the end of the day i was taken care of they're still they are still fucking a baby mama but you taking care of though they're gonna buy some books oh don't let your ass be in school dana hood nigga they your little michelle obama i had to go get my little michelle obama macbook she don't know how to use it but she needed it for school oh she needed a, a bag to put in it so i went and got her a louis real quick that kind of shit they're going to make sure it's the best of the best it might even be a little tacky but they're going to make sure you have what you need. The worst time, dating experience I ever had was with like a, he had his master's. He was studying for his, doctor, his doctorate. He was extremely pretentious. He was stuck up. Like he was actually front, like he came from Winton Terrace. So when I mentioned that, like I have family that lives over there, he turned his nose all the way up as if he had never been. Like it, it's the mentality thing. Extremely cheap at that. Cheap as fuck. So it was, it's, it's a difference. Y'all date stupid niggas from the hood. I and date so, hood niggas. Again, we talk about your preference. If your preference is built off of disparaging your non-preference, we an issue. And a lot of times, it's, it's all about awareness. And if you're not aware of your surroundings and your options, you, you, you tend to make decisions in a vacuum. So... We, 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 
we make fun of the people who are aware of their interactions, their standing, people who are aware of their absolute standing in society. Um, because, and this is specifically in black society, right? I wish I could be a fly on the wall to what white people talk about, but like, I'll probably also be offended. But, um, it's more, so it's, so it's also like, I know for a fact I'd be offended if I know my worth <laughs> versus certain shit. Oh there's God. certain shit you that I won't necessarily King. go for because I am well-versed enough in my surroundings and in how people view me in these surroundings to know that I can get better. I deserve better. My market value is more. Versus someone who may not right. be as well-versed or more tunnel vision or more focused on like, damn, what's going on in their immediate surroundings. Therefore, they're more likely to just not understand that they can deserve better as well. I think that's kind of, there's a, there's a dynamic there. And yes, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there, there's a difference between being the broke nigga and being the cheap nigga. For 100%. And, and it's For also, sure. you know, there's, a, there's always that tryout period. There's always, when, you, when, you, when you're dealing with two people who are both well-versed in like the surroundings and, and the pecking order of their surroundings. It's like a game of double dutch. It's a game of chicken. It's like who's going to jump first? Mm-hmm. Like who's going to who's going to you know show out first? Who's going to tell me they tell, like make the first move? Say that you like me. All of that's it's a it's a game like that. Versus when you have someone who is aware and then you have someone who isn't. The person who is aware of everything that they could be getting, everything that like the market would dictate, takes advantage of the person who isn't. It's like, oh yeah, like I need that new MacBook. I mean, I just got this mm-hmm. last other laptop two years ago, and it's still working fine. But I need, yeah, I need a new one. You got, you got me? Or, or you know what? Like, hey, back, like you ain't got no charges. Hold this gun for me. Like, you'll be all right. Like, just don't trip. Like, you good? And it's just like so. When we bring tie it back into the fetish, the fetishization of hood niggas is what it really is, right? And there, it comes down to a. The patriarchy will never die unless both men and women commit fully to dismantling every part of it, not just the parts that they don't like. The Doc, problematic, talk, Alex. Admit, admit your truth, queen. Admit your truth. The, the pro, listen, problematic, Alex, okay? There are parts of the patriarchy I'm going to have a problem letting go of because they benefit me. And they benefit me because it is tied to oppressing me. And I recognize that. I absolutely recognize that. But to be honest with you, that perk in the short time is wonderful. Like the idea that men are supposed to pay all the bills. I'm but you also know as soon as you let a nigga pay all the bills, he owns you. If your name ain't on that lease, but that he yeah. pays all the bills, you're a tenant and he can remove, his ten- he <laughs> he can remove you at any point. Right. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. There, he pays all the bills, but you are also a tenant at this point. So, like I said, or my man needing to be the breadwinner also ties back into him paying all the bills. Like there are parts of the patriarchy that I do recognize benefit me only because it is also still tied to my oppression. So it all needs to go. It all needs to go. But I'm gonna have a hard time letting go of some of this shit. 
Like I am a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. And I'm going to cry about it every time. I'm going to, I'm going to, I believe in it so much. I'm going to throw a tantrum about it. You are absolutely right. But like I said, I just, I just want my, my overall point about like talking about preferences was that I really want people to start doing the work about unpacking why you prefer what you prefer. Are you conditioned to feel this way? Was this a dynamic between you and your parents? Were you raised to believe or to have this certain belief system so that this is why it's valid for you? Like do that work so that you'll start understanding why you enjoy or like certain things. And also, if you can't do that work without disparaging the things that you're not attracted to, you have some biases to unpack. If you can't do or unpack your own preferences without being homophobic or problematic, problematic or being disrespectful towards women or men yes if you can't do that without being problematic you have some you have more unpacking to do and i'm encouraging everybody to actually put in the work to do that it's beneficial for you and you'll actually start learning yourself and learning that you know what what i thought was okay for me actually isn't or you know what maybe there's an aspect or a subgroup of people that i'm eliminating because i never opened up myself to it i'm telling you like and part of my therapy and exercise in therapy was to unpack why I'm attracted to the kind of men that I've had in my past. And understanding that there are some things that I need to unlearn and some understandings about like, you know, I don't have all the answers for all my relationships and being okay with that. That's it. That's all. That's it. Do the work, y'all. Do the freaking work. Okay. So... I'm going to say the last one. I'm going to save deal breakers for, mm. hot, I mean, for our question of the day because they tie together. So for our hot topics, the next hot topic is I really want to get like really, really, really get into consent versus coercion because, and this is, this is, this is the safest place to have this conversation, Cal, because me and you disagree on a lot, but I think this is one where. I'm excited to disagree with you on certain things because and there's a lot that needs to be learned. I generally so try not to consent when discuss we talk- these sorts of things in social media or anything with a character limit where like text can be misrepresented and tone is not understood. Because in these sort of super triggering, super yes. sensitive conversations, it's hard to have a nuanced conversation when emotions are super high. And so because because in my past I've I've tried and failed. Yes. To have a nuanced conversation on something that, especially immediately in the aftermath, I generally just choose to not speak on social media on these things because I know that, like, it, you have to be very, very careful with what you say during these high emotion time frames. And I don't want to accidentally say something that's going to trigger or disrespect or, um, you know, make someone else who's suffering feel small. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Right. All right. So I want to get into consent. Um, just so that we, when we talk about these certain things, I don't like gray areas when there's a black and white answer, especially because when we start talking about sexual assault, yes or no is very black and white. Did you get a yes? Was she sober? Were you conscious? Was she in a place to consent? Was he in a place to consent? Consent I'm going to try to say in, in the general definition you, is a right? sober, is but, a sober, enthusiastic yes. Um, if you, if you have to. Sober, enthusiastic. Yes. Was she as excited to have sex with you 
or was he as excited to have sex with you as you were with this partner? If you cannot answer that question truthfully and with a yes, it can, it's considered coercion. And coercion is a form of rape. Now, Calvin, since you've got the dictionary pulled so, up, please give us the definition of coercion. <laughs> coercion. And so I so, don't but it's not the Webster's dictionary definition, but here is the definition of coercion. Coercion is anything that is gained. So the act of trying to gain anything through um, hints of favors or quid pro quo, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, or intimidation, or, um, you know, just anything. So it's like basically tricking your way into anything. Like if, if, if I tell you, if you give me your card and say, look, buy me a drink at the bar, put it on my tab. And I buy five drinks at the bar and put it on your tab, your tab. I coerce those extra four drinks out of you because that was not part of the consent that you gave me right. for that transaction. To use my card. Right. So when, as it relates to sex, right, you're chilling. So say I am chilling with a guy. And I think there are a lot of our women listeners will be able to understand and relate to this. So say I'm chilling with a shorty, a guy, whatever. And we're, 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 we're kicking it. We're having a really good time. We're, and we may have been out on a couple dates already. This time we decided to hang out at the house. Not a big deal. Right. So we're on the couch. We're kicking it. We're hanging out. And he has made the move. And we all know what the move looks like. Right. It's the come closer. It may be kissing. Hands get to wandering. And you maybe like push his hand off of your ass or your boobs. You've moved his hand from trying to be from the inner thigh. You've made it, you've made you know, it clear you've, that you've that's not what your, your mind not make is it in. awkward. Right. This ain't that. You've made it clear that this ain't that. You have made it clear that you're not trying to have sex with him do via body language. Mm-hmm. You haven't yet necessarily verbalized it, right? So he tries it and you tell him no, not tonight. You tell him no. But you're not ready to and leave also, yet. You and still enjoy the company I and the vibe. People generally so you like, stay, right? The first time it is like, okay, maybe we just misread each other's signals. Like you don't really necessarily get offended the first time. It's like, you know what? It happens. Like, okay, you shoot. You miss or like, I misread. I thought you were with it. You're not with it. Okay, cool. Step back. Right. So then you guys get back to kissing and, and being close again. And he tries the, the hand moving in. And you're like, okay, you know what? No, I'm not. Not tonight. Like, I want to hang out. I want to, I want to be underneath you. I'm just, I just don't want to have sex tonight. And maybe you don't necessarily verbalize that, but body language and just the overall you know, reciprocity of enthusiasm is not there. Okay. So then he tries you again. And this time it's a little bit more aggressive. And you're just like, now you yourself in your core, Mm -hmm. you are now uncomfortable because this is not what you want. Right. But you may be interested. You may like him. You may in your head say, if I just give in this one time, get it over with, I don't, I can be done with this. I can go home sort of deal. You feel as though I've been put in personally, I've been put in situations where I felt like if I didn't concede to his sexual advances, I would be put in danger. I'd be immediately be putting myself in Mm -hmm. danger. So you have sex, right? That's rape. It wasn't a yes because you felt like you had the choice to say no. 
And that's coercion. And coercion is rape. The gray area or the controversy behind that is, well, Shorty still said yes. Or Shorty still, she did like, I didn't rape her because she took her clothes off herself. Or I didn't rape her, you know, as she may have told me no the first couple of times, but she eventually told me yes. That's rape. It's, 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 sexual, it's, and it's sexual harassment and again, sexual assault. Again, the controversy yeah. comes behind that because there's an ev- Yes. But, and the, I guess, the again, the controversy comes behind that is that because she eventually said yes, because you eventually got the consent, that it's consent. But it wasn't consent on terms that had she said no, there wouldn't have been repercussions for that no. Because she did tell you no and you so, continue to pursue it. So, I feel like, okay. Again, I'm sorry, that's go ahead, wrong, right? Like, let me, let me make sure I stay properly fed that's wrong like that that situation should is not okay make sure i say that clearly because i don't want my words misconstrued um i think a lot of that has right. to do and i think a lot of it is unfortunately it's based off of like the the societal toll of like try the try harder thing right like we like we tell people all the time that like you know that first initial no just means she wants you to try harder and i've seen it from both sides which is which is interesting it's like i've seen women who you know they post on their six black chick questions or you know those social media question and answer sites where it's like yeah i wanted to have sex with him but i told him no and then he stopped why did he like because he, you told him no like that's what we want our people to do is to respect your no and so then when we when we start putting in the atmosphere for men right. and women that like the first no just is, is a test to see if you're like if you're really man enough to like get what you want that's problematic and, and so I think one way no. besides all else people respecting the no like that is the first the the number one with a bullet is people respecting the no as far as to how to stop this right like everything else we may, may mention after this is still no match for people respecting the nonverbal no. And let's, let's make that clear. Again, as a guy, I don't want to mm-hmm. seem like I'm excusing those people who don't respect the no. After, after that, we also have to stop the communication of no means try harder. We have to stop that communication on both sides. Like, if you know right. that you want to have sex with this person, don't say no first. Because if he's doing if he's doing the number one thing that we are all supposed to be doing, he's respecting your no, he should stop. Like I had a woman when we got sexually intimate, she she would tell she would tell me no, but she didn't mean it. Like she would say no because I, I was, you know, maybe it felt good and she and but and she would just say no as like kind of like reflex. Or like stop. And then I then when I stopped, she looked at me crazy. She was like, Why you stop? I was like, because you said stop. <laughs> Like, if that's, I, I need you to pick a new word <laughs> because that word, I need a new safe word because I need, because. Yeah, I need a new safe word. If, if I hear the word like, stop or no, or the you pushing my hand away, bullet number one is respect for no. That's how, that's how everything else should be going. Respect for no. Secondly, um, besides just taking, you know, the whole no means try harder thing out the way, I think another thing that we need to do is, um, we need to stop working on assumptions. Um, 
we all make these assumptions. Like, we all yes. have that whole, like, booty call hours. Like, you know what I'm saying? Don't, if you hit me up at past, when the sun goes down, you know what time it is. Stop that. Because, again, that's how we get people into these situations. You come over, you, you, you're comfortable enough with me to come over and spend the night or come over and just hang out and it's after the sun goes down. I, as, as the person whose house this is, should not mean that you have consented to sex because you decided to come over after it got dark. That's a problem. And I think a lot of times that, that assumption of, oh, she know what time it is. She said, she's at my house. It's midnight. She know, she know what's going on. is also problematic. And again, this is, goes for men and women. Like, respect the male no, too. I've seen a video of, like, this clearly drunk shorty trying to, like, suck this man's dick on camera. And he's, like, re- recoiling yeah. away. And both the cameraman and the girl on the knees are like, just let her do it. Just let her do it. And he's like, y'all are wilding right now. So this happens on both sides of the coin. Like, we understand that, like, what we see more often than not is, is a one-way avenue. But uh, we want to respect and keep it gender neutral. So, yeah, don't assume that just because that person comes over to your house late at night or they, they agree to meet you at a certain time frame, oh, you know what it is. And I think the final thing is, consent is a constant it's not a negotiation because you don't give and take but consent is, a, is, is something that has to be constantly reassured you can take away consent at any time so you may consent to that come over rolling. make out do you know a heavy no. padding whatever you want to phrase it as but you may not consent to sex you just that you want to you had a hard stop so, but just because you consented to the make out i shouldn't assume that you consented to things after the make I think every step of the way, you need consent. May And you know what's funny? I don't know where I developed this little kink from, but a man asking me what and, he can do to my body is sexy as shit. It's so, like, I, I don't admit, know why that's so fucking hot to I'm me. I'm sorry to cut you off. Because it's I like, admit, you... It's, in, 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 and it's trying no, to figure out ways to ask that don't immediately ruin the mood, right? Because, you know, it's, 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 we can be honest with each other here. Like, a man stopping mid makeout session to, to feel like he's reading off a paper like do you consent to have sex with me like that kills moods can we be can we be honest like um, you know what you can say i mean absolutely if a man were if a man was just like alex do i have your permission to have sex with you tonight it would that would be totally it's, like and so there's, and so there's ways right there's like, ways like, like that you would know, be like, awkward as a you good like, like you okay like you straight, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just kind of like simple ways. It's like, I'm checking in, but it's also I'm not trying to make it super awkward. Like, if I just look at, like, you good? You, you comfortable? You all right? And you, t- and you shake your head yes or you tell me yes. Okay. That, that's the same way. That's the same way of good and consent. Or, or, you know what I've done? And this a lot of times because, huh. What I've personally done is I asked him if it's okay for me to take his pants off. Totally. I mean, but I'm a little bit more bold than the average. But I've definitely asked, like, can you take these off for me? And, like, it's the little, like, little, it's an end of window. It's not necessarily, like, blatantly saying, hey, I want sex. But how did he ask? I'm trying to think. Because I had one partner specifically, ask, it was the way that he did Listen, it. Listen, my favorite is, like, can oh, I taste you? Fire. I love that. I love that. And I think it was more or less. Oh yeah, for sure. 
for sure. But then in my head, again, maybe I just want the head. Can I have maybe it? Maybe I just Can want I have it. it? So. <laughs> uh, right. Like, it's, it, I don't know. You, I mean, get creative, but make sure that it's clear. Like, hey, do I have your permission to have sex? Like, and you do need explicit consent. Or can I have sex with you? Like, or when I've gotten the you up text, I always ask, yeah, why? And it's more or less like, okay, one of my favorite bad signals, and this is also because I'm problematic, is come spit in my mouth. Like, you know when you pull up what type of time I'm on. Like, or can I drag my pussy across your like face? A That's like a good like one. A I haven't used snail. that just, yet. And it's been like, scooting. Just, just, yes. Jesus. Absolutely. I've had a man say, um, Alex, and what was it? It was so fucking corny. And it's honestly because he's corny. But it was along the lines of, like, your pipes need to be cleaned out. Like, it was something along those lines. And I was like, bro, that's so Who does this nigga think he is? He think he is he in Pornhub. Like, I heard like, you got a clog in your pipes. The bro's 1970s porn. Like, something like that. Or, or Alex, I'm coming over. Don't have nothing on. Like, I understand. But a lot of those times, that's established with men I've already been sexually intimate with. If this is our first time having sex with each other, like... For me, it always starts out with heavy petting and kissing. And then there's a pause. There's always a pause. There's always like a vibe check. In my experience, I could be wrong. But like in my experience, there's always like a slight pause. Like, okay, we're getting ready now. This is the time where consent, like where typically consent gets, gets lost, right? We're heavy petting. You're probably, your hands are probably up underneath my shirt or on my ass or something. Like you didn't already touch the vagina a little bit. Like. At this point, your dick is rock hard. Like we've also we we know that the hormones are high. I'm horny. You're horny. Like there's a mad potential for all this to happen, but you still need that consent. For me, the first time I've had sex with a guy and I know that he was looking for consent, it was he stopped kissing me and he made eye contact and he was just like, "Can I?" and in that moment, I knew that he was asking what he was asking for. And I was like, yeah, I'm with it. Like, I'm, it was as enthused. It was making sure that my energy matched his. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, can I fuck you? Or, or I've had a guy say, I want to put it in. Like, something real. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever the language is that makes you feel more comfortable. Yeah, for sure. It's, use it's, that. It's, it's, but make sure that you it's, use it's, it. It can even and, be something as simple as like a, like a please. <laughs> Baby, please. <laughs> But like yes. I know I've had times where baby, um, baby, please. They, we didn't necessarily plan on having sex the night that we had sex. We were just kind of like it started off like with heavy petting, and like we it just kind of happened, and it's always like, um, and so you know this it's a, it's a vibe check. It's like okay, tech, it's, it's, it, see part of almost part of getting consent is like trying it's like is is vibes, and it's like trying to figure figure out where your comfort zone is. So it's like if I. If I do X, Y, and Z and you move your hand back, okay, cool. If, some, if I respect your no and I respect your body language, I know that you're not with that. But if, and, but if I do that and you, and, you, and, you, and you keep it there, are you, are you rocking with it? Okay, cool. Right. It's kind of one of those things where I've even had times where it's like where we both like held out of like having sex with each other and then eventually gave in in that same day. And it was just like, and, and, but it was, it was one of those things where like the eventual yeah. consent was enthusiastic like the no but it was also like 
was is mutual, but also and mutual. When the no hit, I stopped. I stopped. I moved. I, I slid back. I was like, okay, cool. And then when but, she kind of reinitiated it, it was like, okay, like all right, you know. I've had no, that, that, was, that was that was the end of my state. Sorry, go ahead, friend. I don't mean to interrupt you. So I've also had a man where during sex, he would like he stopped. Well, this has happened on a couple of occasions for me where he stopped and would ask me, like, are you OK? And just to make sure that, A, he still had my permission to, you know, continue to have sex with but me. sex was good. And also to make sure that, like, you know, sex gets a little rough. Yeah, the sex was good. It was satisfying. I didn't feel any type of way. He didn't feel any type of way. Like, it's making sure that because we talk a lot about like initial consent, but consent is rolling. You need to have consent the entire time you are having sex. And I know everybody's like, oh my God, that sounds like a lot of fucking work, yada, yada, yada. But it also comes into play and with it. And it's really, a, it's simple. It's simple. Because it's really as simple doing as like, these little things, do you like this? Like, does it feel good? Are you okay? It doesn't have to be a, you, it doesn't have to be a stop, like a full stop, timeout sort of thing. It's like, you good? It's, it's a check-in. Because I've stopped sex because it got uncomfortable. For sure. I have totally stopped sex because it got uncomfortable. This hurts. This hurts really, really bad. Um, I've had an instance where, um, because of some things that I was battling, I actually started to bleed during sex. And it wasn't just like, oh, I'm spotting or you hit my cervix. So I started to spot a little bit, which also fucking hurts, by the way. But like. It was more or less like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm having a medical emergency right now. I need like I need you to stop. And. Having sex with partners who res- actually respect you and actually like you changes the idea of consent as being a chore. It's not. It's responsible. It's literally the right thing to do. And. When you're intimate with people that you actually have respect for, making sure that they're protected the entire time that you guys are enjoying each other, is, is, it, that's, that, that should come second nature. But when your pursuit for sex is not based in actually liking the person you're having sex with, then yeah, consent sounds like a gray area, and it's not. And it's odd to me when I look at people and I see them have debates about what consent is and isn't, I know that you're not having sex for the pleasure of both people. And if that's the case, you need to just masturbate. You don't deserve no pussy. You don't deserve to have sex with no man, with no man because you're not here for the mutual enjoyment of sex. You're, you're here because you want to bust a nut. You don't get to use my body to masturbate with. If this is not a mutually assured and mutually shared experience, I don't want it. And I think a lot of people go into having sex with the wrong intention. Because a lot of people, a lot of people get off on power and control. We so, can talk about, um, we can even talk about certain, you know, male desires to kind of, again, like, win the pussy. Um, you know, like, 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 if, I don't want to feel like I've won, okay, put it like this. I don't want to feel like I've earned sex. I want sex to be given to me freely. I don't want it to feel like an achievement I unlocked on PS4. Can I be honest with you? This is going to make me sound like a hoe. But shut up, Calvin. But I try, when I'm courting or dating a guy, I really actually try to get sex out the way as quickly as possible. 
Like if we're actually vibing and liking each other and this is, you know, we've been on a couple dates and I'm like, okay, this has potential. I try to get the sex portion out of shit out the way. Like, okay, we've cut the tension in half. Do you actually like me or would you, you just want some ass from me? You want to see what it's hitting for. Okay. You saw what it's hitting for. We can be about our way. We don't have to keep doing this with each other. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to keep pretending to court me because you just wanted some pussy. Oh, you got some ass and you realize that like, not only am I dope as fuck, but you want to continue to see me and the sex is good. Great. We done cut the tension in half. And see, I try to get sex up out the way quick. So, because to me, me having sex with a man is not a conquest. I'm not a conquest. This isn't a challenge. It's not like, and it's not supposed to be that way. And pussy is not a reward for being a quote unquote good guy. Like, I don't, I've never treated sex that way. I can, you know what? Let me not lie. I was taught to treat sex that way. And that was a behavior I had to unlearn. Sex is not a reward. Which is why those 90 day rules are trash. Like it's not. I deserve good sex. Trash. I deserve sex because sex is fun. Sex feels good. And orgasms that I didn't have to give myself I look at are it like amazing. This. I look at it like this. Like sometimes when you, that you, nigga you knows slow the play the, the idea of sex because you want to make sure that you and your partner are both in a mindset that the sex won't ruin things, right? Like, you, you know, you may have just got out of something. She, even, she may have just got out of something and you want to make sure that like, do I like you for real, for real? Or do I like you just because I want to fuck? And it's like, if I know I can't fuck off rip, do I continue to, you know, date you, court you, whatever. But that's more so you want to make sure that you're trying to do, do right by yourself and the other person. These artificial 90 day rules that like you want, you've been wanting to drag right. your pussy across this nigga's face since day one, but you're going to make him wait to day nine just to see if he stays around. It's stupid. A, because it, because it, 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 well, no, because Listen, then he's going to get the you, pussy You took the words right out of my like mouth. Like, if a nigga like, just wants to fuck you, he has marine sniper patience. It don't matter if it's day one, day 91, or anywhere in between. Nigga. If he just wants to be, he's going to wait. Is he going to entertain other women in the meantime? Of course he is. But if he just wants to fuck you and he feels like he can fuck you, he will wait. That's what... And that's what happens when you treat sex like a conquest. Like, bro, this is not fucking Fortnite. Like, this is not Call of Duty. My nigga, like, you don't, this isn't like a fucking Mario Mushroom or the next level of Bowser. Like, this isn't fucking that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not, if I'm sexually attracted to you, you're sexually attracted to me, and I'm not looking for anything, like whatever it is that I'm looking for, and I want to have sex with you, and it's mutually consenting between two sober-ass adults, go for it. Go fucking for it. And I'm not going to keep saying sober as if we but all also, haven't had drunk but, sex. But Everybody has thank you for kind of like... Okay. How, a, how drunk you how are matters. How drunk you are B, matters. Honestly, it matters if this a, is this the first time that you guys have had sex or if this something that you guys have had sex sober and then you guys just both decided to get drunk. And also, it, this matters as far as, like, again, com- communication. There's been plenty of times, like, even in our friend circle, male and um, men and women, where because the alcohol was in abundance, the lines of communication got blurred because one person saw it one way and another person saw it another way. There wasn't clear, concise consent given because of that. And then, and then it's like you're left in that. 
that gray area. And whenever you, you're left in the gray area, something went wrong. And whether and so that's why when we say sober, yes, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to you don't have to have alcohol in your system. It just means that the more alcohol that you have in your system, the easier it is to, to have those lungs blurred. And that's even before we get into the people who are passed out, belligerently drunk, who don't who don't have cognizance to be able to know what's going on. And I shouldn't, we shouldn't have to say this, but that is absolute rape, guys. Like, if she cannot say yes or no with a straight face and, and cognizant of her decisions, if she cannot do that, like, if she's sloppy, like, damn near throwing up, passed and that's out how drunk, I know. you cannot have sex. If he is sloppy drunk, and, and if, out, you, if you have to take, you the pants, if you have have to take his pants down, cannot, put him on the bed, cannot. get on top and put it in, if he, like, it's one of those things, and that's how... It's one of those things where that's how I know that, people are doing it for the power and not for the attraction of other people. Because in my, for my clique, my homies, it's not like, fam, I hate, I hate people who, don't know who are sloppy drunk. I, I hate being around them. I hate looking at them. Never have I seen someone who's sloppy drunk like, ooh, I want to fuck that. No. It just, it just, and maybe that's why I have to check myself sometimes. Because I understand that the way I think is not necessarily the way that other people think. Because I look at some woman sloppy drunk, stumbling, throwing up, or like is, is in and out. She could not. She couldn't be. She couldn't be ugly, uglier to me in that moment if she tried. She could be Meg the Stallion. If Meg the Stallion is out here stumbling, bumbling, super drunk, Meg the Stallion is ugly to me in that moment because it's just it doesn't feel right. But if you if you're having sex only for the power and the control, it's different. Do you know how annoying it is taking care of a drunk? Do you know how yes. ugly, like how annoying it is to take care of a drunk? Like how an actually, and I yes. have been on both the caregiver and the yes. care receiver of being way too fucking drunk. Do you know how fucking annoying it is to have to take care of a fucking drunk and you want to have sex with listen, that? Listen, not, no, only, not only was I not no, aroused, I was like the reverse. No. Like I felt like that bitch went up into my stomach. I was like, oh no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh no, this is nasty to me. This is instantly a turn off. I don't. What's crazy is that depending upon how drunk you get, that might Listen, be the last thing. I have like, friends. Like, dead ass. I have had, totally have had friends. We don't hang out with no more because they can't hold their liquor. I have friends. I've never been I have out friends. With you because you get what you But I only deal with sober. Because when they're sober, they are a great person. They're, they're on top of their shit. But as soon as they get drunk, high, twisted, off of whatever. Oh, for sure. I'm like, I'm not fucking with you. You're not my responsibility. I don't. Come, I never come out with you. We may meet you at the bar, but I know Dog, I'm gonna dab you up and leave because you're not my responsibility tonight. Because you don't know how to act. And you want to have sex with that? Yeah, or you don't know your limit. Yeah, and y'all will really put like put yourself at risk and in danger. And, and and it's just selfish. And I think that's my bottom line about it. I mean, it rape is, is all about control and power. And so that's and why when we look at people who say, oh, shorty doesn't need to rape or our homie don't need to rape. He got he get bitches or he got money or he or she got she she looked crazy. She looked good. Absolutely like, needs to rape it's not about because he has a yes. People choose to rape because they it's about control and power. It's not about pleasure for them. Because yes, if they just wanted pleasurable sex, they had plenty of options. We see this with um 
Darren Sharper, he was a whole ass NFL football player who was attractive and was convicted on raping like 15 women because it was about power and control for him. It wasn't about pleasure. We've seen that with women who are by all intents and purposes bad as hell trying to trying to pull niggas dicks out because they wanted the power and control. There's a certain there's some women. Listen, we gonna talk about some women's desire to 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 peg heterosexual men and why that's about power control and not really about pleasure either. But that's not that's not to that topic. But <laughs> but we see you, sis. We, we see you, sis. Um, but it's just we definitely see you. It's not about the pleasure portion because honestly, if you were interested in men who understood that their G pot was in their asshole, you would not respect them. And that's that's the that on that. But my bottom line, and I guess just to wrap this up real quick, consent is sexy. And if you have respect for the person that you're actually sleeping with, it's not a chore to make sure that they're consenting to sex with you. And if you have to coerce, if you have to manipulate some ass, my guy, you, you got better. You have honestly internal work you need to be doing on yourself before you think about getting no pussy. That's the lamest shit in the fucking world. It dead ass. Like, it dead ass is. But you know what? You're wrong. I, I need to take a step back, friend. I jumped the gun. Because we talk a lot about rapists. We know for a fact rapists are dead ass wrong. They're evil people. Yada, yada, yada. But another gray area that we find ourselves getting into is finding out that your homeboy, your homegirl was the, was was the accused the party. And so assaulter I, I, in some of these cases. The accused party in some of these cases. And so in your opinion, Cal, how do you how how would you handle finding out that one of your homies was you know, the accuser so behind an, a sexual I've actually assault? been on both sides, right? I've been on the side of the person who was the friend of the accused the person who is accusing as well as the person who was being accused. And it's it's not as immediate as as people want it to be, right? Like, people want an immediate visceral reaction of, like, right. either separating yourself from that person or running to that person's defense. If you're actually, like, thinking, it's not that immediate. Because you have to take the memories you have of that person, the good, positive memories. That person may have support you, be down for you, and whatever, whatever. And then conflate that to the story of this entirely different human being and how they have like terrorized someone else or or being accused of being of allegedly terrorizing another person. And you have to conflate the two. That's that's not a quick, easy conversation to have internally. So right. which is why I hate I hate it when people are like, ooh, someone's their silence is deafening. Like, don't you want this person to kind of take their time with this? If anything, you would want them not to rush to have judgments because and yes, that's your friend. And also, the way they, that person acts around you could t- be totally different than the way they act around other people. And you have to conflate that and you have to understand that. And so in my personal belief, in my personal system, I never rush to make any judgment, good or bad. If like you come to me, you tell me the story or I hear the story, you, you know, you, 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 if you, you either tell me both sides or not, I hear the story. And I'm like, okay. Let me, because there's always more information that comes out, right? Let me wait for that information. I'm not going to run to your defense if you're a friend that's right. being accused, but I'm also not going to completely distance myself from you until I need to, I need to know more. Well, and so, like, it's one of those, so does it, does it show that it's become right. a pattern? Whereas where one person comes out and then that gives 
curse to the second person and the third person. Now you have like six or seven different allegations on you. I have to take that into account because while one person may have misread the situation or may have lied on you, it's a lot harder to say that for seven, for eight, for 50. And so that is that is true. Right. Like in any right. one on one person case in terms of the she said, she said. But if it's he said, she said, and she said, and she also said, and right. she too said, that's a different thing. And secondly, it's also like, okay, right. how well do I know this person? If I know this person, like childhood friend, you know, someone who I've been in the mud with, someone I've seen at their highs and lows, does that seem like that type of person? Like people, people say, Hold on one second. So People say that like, oh, it's clear. Y'all, y'all had to know that, you know what I'm saying, your homie was, was this and the third. And they underestimate how the lengths that people go to to hide their other selves. And, and so, yes, like, yeah. you know, if that person is going above and beyond to hide his true self or hide her true self when around their friends and then being a completely totally different person when we're not around that's that's it that's an issue also but there's also signs it's like the conversations that we're currently having in 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 in, in, in between genders between men and women that are often behind closed doors need to continue to happen like you know if you, if you're out with your homie and you see him like get a little aggressive don't it's, it's on the homies to, like, stop it in the bud. Like, hey, relax. Like, chill out. Like, nah, fam. Like, what you doing? Or, like, or even if it's not the time, but next day, like, hey, bro, like, do you remember what you did last night? Nah, like, you was a little hazy, but shorty, like, that's not a good look, bro. Like, watch out. And just, again, you can't control any other person's actions. But you can do your best to try to hold people accountable before it gets to the point where stories and accusations are coming out against them. And also, the society at large has to understand that, A, people do hide their true identities when they know their true identities are trash. How else would you explain someone like Ted Bundy having, like, six girlfriends and being a whole serial killer? And B, you know what I'm saying? And B, you have to understand that, like, it's not it's not immediate for someone to rule if that person is guilty of the, of the accusations it takes time for someone to kind of get over that and 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 to be able to kind of understand that the person that they consider close to them or a friend of theirs is is not who they consider to be no one intentionally makes friends with people who are shitty unless they too are right. shitty so if i'm a, so <laughs> go ahead so my bad friend. But my, I guess the issue that I'm having with the thing, one of the things that you said was that, oh, well, I don't know him to be that person. So it's hard for me to wrap my head around the character that you're, the person that you're encountering. And I think that kind of hits the nail on the head for me because you know the person that you were introduced to based upon your interaction. My interactions with this person are completely different. Same way, like speaking, like, for example, beloved. I know Beloved as my friend. Beloved has never been my romantic partner. You know more Beloved as your romantic partner because that's what y'all are doing. That's y'all. You know what I'm saying? I don't know her like that. You don't know her the way I know her, right? So if Beloved were to come to me and say, this is my interaction with Cal, this does not sit right with me, right? 
Calvin, I know you as my friend. I don't know romantic Cal. I don't know Cal behind in the sheets. I don't know nothing about that. For the record, also for you assholes who keep asking me. Me and Calvin have never had sex with each other. Please stop asking me. Continue. And <laughs> quick segue. I'm sorry. But like if she were to come to me and say, yo, this happened between me and Cal and I don't know how to feel about it. I have to take into account, A, you're right. This isn't the Calvin that I, I know and I'm introduced to. Nobody wants to say my nigga's a rapist. Nobody wants to say that. And as a matter of fact, if you're in a position to be able to say my nigga's a rapist, why is that still your nigga? Why are you still, literally. And I think that's the part about like the bigger conversation about men holding men accountable that frustrates women in general. Because I have told friends of mine like, hey, your nigga was real bogus with me. And it wasn't necessarily sexual assault, but it was that man. You were right, Calvin. That nigga was handsy. And when I told him to stop being handsy, he, he blew me off. He disregarded me. Or, you know what? I've seen your nigga act real, real aggressive when there's women around. Oh, that's just how he is. Nah, I'm telling you because this is posing a problem. It's threatening. Women, my, my women friends don't feel safe around your mans. That should be a red flag. So if I'm coming to you and I'm telling you, hey, this is my interaction with your homeboy, because maybe, and I know for a fact that when I've done this, it's been more or less like maybe I'm looking, I may be looking for some insight on me because I've done this. Not that I was necessarily sexually assaulted by this young man. He was just very, very aggressive. And I've never known him to be aggressive in this way. And his friend ended up telling me like, no, he just likes you. He just didn't know how to approach you. And he knows that Alex, like, you don't like weak ass niggas. So he maybe just needed to like boss up a little bit. And I'm just like, yeah, but not when it comes to like touching and grabbing me. Like when I say I like aggression, it's, it's that I'm not talking about that. It, look, it shows up very differently. And it was more or less like, oh, he just likes you. So the next time I was around this man, like after I've already corrected the behavior and you continued it, now we have to have a totally different conversation. But unfortunately, when we're talking about sexual assault, I, I pray that there are women out there who are not being repeatedly, like, I pray for the women that are being repeatedly sexually assaulted by the same person. That's traumatic as fuck. Sexual assault in general is traumatic. But to know that there's, you have to, or the women who have to face their accusers because they're afraid to come forward. So you have to have consistent encounters with the man that put you in harm's way or the woman that put you in harm's way. That's, that's painful. So sometimes when women come to you about your homeboys, they're looking for a sense of community. They're looking for somebody to say, you know what? You, get, you know this man just like I know this man. This is my encounter with him. I don't feel safe around him. We're, sometimes, and, and I know when we talk about sexual assault, especially between the sexes, language gets convoluted, right? And I, again, I hate when I have to defend men. I really, really do. But and a lot of my friend groups, the dynamics, I have a very co-ed friend group, right? I have group chats where there's both men and women. And when the topic of sexual assault is, is asked, a lot of times it comes into a hate nigga bash fest. And you have men in there who are able to provide context or content when it, we talk about sexual assault. But because of how sensitive the topic is, and it should be handled delicately, we don't give men enough space to say, you know what? On the flip side of things, maybe not necessarily where he was coming from, but maybe this is where he misread things, especially when we start talking about consent. 
and knowing that the gray areas that a lot of us has been operating in when it comes to consent have been have existed across the board. So when we're having those conversations, especially when you're speaking to women who have been sexual assault victims and, and survivors, when we're having those conversations as men, approach it like, you know what, are we asking for, are you needing a space to vent? Are you asking for advice? Is this, am I able to speak my piece about this? Or do you just need a place to process what is happening to you? And if you are the, a friend of a nigga that has been accused of sexual assault or has been charged with sexual assault or, you know, associated with it in any kind of way, my biggest advice is to distance yourself because you will be seen as guilty as by association. Oh, you hang out with rapey ass niggas. So you a rapey ass nigga. You mean it's a, and if the flip side, it's, it's almost like that birds of a feather mentality. Oh, you hang out with hoes, so you a hoe too. It sucks, but it's a responsible thing to do by holding ourselves accountable. When I hear that my homegirls are, are like teasing about consent, like telling that nigga no when she really mean yes and the whole cat and mouse shit, I check the fuck out of them because it's dangerous. Dog, you're putting yourself and him in a position where you're blurring the lines of consent. And if something happens that you don't like, it's almost like you have that wild card. Like, oh, well, we had sex and I didn't like it. So he raped me. When in actuality, it's, you were playing this cat and mouse shit. It's, it's I one don't, of those things where... Stop playing about Again, it's, it's super sensitive. It's super... It's, and you try to walk on eggshells almost. Because it's like, I don't want to offend anyone. I mean... Where, you know, I don't know for myself, like, when domestic violence accusations came up, like, distance, distance ourselves from, from a nigga. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know what? You, you, me and you was cool, but, like, I can't be around niggas who, who do that. And then, because domestic violent cases are always tricky, she ends up getting back with a nigga and, you know, they have a kid, a couple kids now. And it's like, I still can't really rock with the nigga because I still remember all the shit that you said about how, you know, what he, what he did to you. And, and I think it's the same, it's the same way. Um, it's real, it's, it, it, again, a lot of these conversations require nuance and require a lot of things that we often aren't in a position to give, right? Like when you're angry, when you're, when you're high, when you have high emotions about something and this, this is something that, you have every right to be angry and highly emotional about. We lose nuance because it's, instead of a scalpel, we, we, you know, to dissect the situation, we take a sledgehammer and just bash it all to shreds. And as a man who I've been in those group chats where right. it, 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 it turns from people sharing their stories to like the, the he woman man hater club. And you're just like, do I speak? Do you want me to speak? Like, and it's, it's again, it's like playing double. It's like, do I jump in? Do you want me to jump in? And, and it's one of those things where you can both be told, like, see, your silence here is deafening. Where it's like, I didn't know I was allowed to talk. But also, if you start talking, it's like, see, you're just trying to mansplain. You're trying to, you know, project your voices over the real victim. And it's like, I didn't know y'all wanted me to shut up. So it's like, in these things, it's never going to be perfect. I doubt it ever will be perfect. It's just, we have to try to isolate. The, pe- the people responsible for the trauma. And if you're responsible for the trauma because you are the person committing the trauma, you're the person excusing the action that led to the trauma. If you're the person who's 
blurring the, the, the lines that, that lead to the trauma. You, we have to isolate who's responsible for the trauma here. Um, because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. no one should want to be involved in this sort of sexual assault situation. No one should. It, it, it leads to jail time, death, and a bunch of just repressed, hurtful memories. But in order for us to have, in order for us to try to work past that and understand that there are certain people who it's like talking to a wall too, right? I can explain consent to you. I can explain why you shouldn't do what you do. Mm-hmm. You still have the autonomy to do whatever the fuck you want to do. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So it's like understanding that, but also trying to foster an atmosphere where people can feel comfortable on both sides of the coin, expressing themselves without fear of judgment, repercussions, or being misunderstood. That's all I got. You got anything else, Fran, with that? Right. I agree. I think that um, my final note is just respect each other. If the feeling, if the vibes aren't right, if the mood changes, if the body language isn't there, because we talk a lot about how sex is 90% body language, it starts also before there's any type of penetration or play. Check all that shit. And if you're not sure, verbally ask. And if you're uncomfortable to verbally ask for sex, you don't need to be having it. And be honest with yourself. Is this something I want? Was I too handsy? Was I too, was I aggressive? Did I make her or him feel uncomfortable? And honestly, if it's appropriate and, and you have the, the means to, I know that I've had a young man actually apologize to me for being too aggressive. And no, for the record, he didn't assault me or anything like that, but he felt he was too aggressive. Not that there was anything I've ever said. And he didn't even ask me if I felt this way. He apologized because it's something that he uh, yeah, I know. I know we had conversations. Nothing I had to do with I'm sorry. Um, and I think sometimes... I had, I, I, I had a partner where we had yeah. a conversation kind of, you know, it was a little bit down the line, but just kind of open conversation as far as like, you know, potential miscommunications and, and, and communication lapses. Because, you know, she, you know, we didn't want shit happens. And it, there was, in that shit particular happens. instance, there was alcohol involved. And it was one of those things where like, I felt, yep. I felt a certain way that she, you know what I'm saying? That like, she felt some type of way. And I so, felt away. Yep. I and felt so away. We, had that, felt we kinda away. had to have or that I conversation have about like, yo, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like this that this is what I felt, this is how I felt, this is how I took it, you know, and and just kind of be uh, be okay with getting an answer that doesn't necessarily make you happy, but it gives you clarity. And, and that takes maturity and that takes the want to be better. So I you know, y'all just have, have safe sex. <laughs> like whatever that looks like have safe sex Let's get Calvin are you ready to get into the question of the day friend alright so the question of the day brought to you by the good folks over at the shoot your shot podcast or whatever was what is a relationship pet peeve of yours now friend I'll be honest with you these mine was pretty good this week people were but... fucking with me this week <laughs> um, yeah so the first okay, one you want to go first we doing names or not? Do we want to get people in trouble? Okay. So one person said, nah, my, my relationship nah. pet peeve is relationships. And I was just like, all right, sir, relax. Um, 
we had a couple people saying um, not putting things back where they belong. So, like, if you use the last of a toilet paper, replace it sort of thing. Um, complaining that I do something they I don't like, then you too. turn around doing the exact same thing. Um, a dirty bathroom or ugly bedding. Non-reciprocated effort or repeating myself a lot. One person said, <laughs> sharing my space and constantly being touched. I'm like, shorty, you sure you want a relationship? Like, she's in one now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, dog, no. Um, The awkwardness oh of telling people you're indeed together or broken up with. She has some own issues that she needs to reconcile that she knows about. Um, Constantly asking if she can go. Like, no, stay where you're oh, at. Sure. We are in quarantine. <laughs> um, A lot of people said communication. Um, you know, don't be passive aggressive. Don't make assumptions. Um, one person said, like, if, if, if Shorty doesn't have any friends, it's a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, why doesn't no one else like your ass besides me? Um, and this, the last one was not letting me cheat in peace. Like, relax. Nigga. Y'all need Jesus. Um, aside from the ones that you already mentioned, um, not knowing how to cook, especially macaroni and chicken. That was a petty one. Assumptions due to bad communication. Always on their damn phone and always want to cuddle. Okay, so sis needs attention yet space. I feel her. Having an issue, not bringing it up, but not posting, but posting subliminal messages on social media. That's childish. You should actually be single. Um, a petty one was also empty glasses in the refrigerator. This was funny as fuck, was forced family interaction. Like, my nigga, but I felt her. Because if I don't get along with your family, I promise you I will break up with you. Like, nah, my family, we talk too much shit. Um, Double standards and no accountability. And too many many complaints and negativity. So, Calvin, what's a relationship? Double standards is one. Um, Back in my situationship days, I was always big on, like, don't ask no questions I can't ask you. Um, I think another one is communication is obviously big. Like if, if, if I piss you off, communicate with me then. Like my biggest pet peeve is if I piss is like when you have that big ass argument and then the person starts bringing out the files or other shit that you did that pissed them off and you didn't even know that that pissed them off. And like, don't, don't go in another thing back two months ago when you did X, Y, and Z, I ain't like that shit either. You just like. You could have mentioned it two months ago. You would have saved two months of hardships of me continuing to do X, Y, and Z. Stupid. <laughs> That's my two. That's my oh, two. Oh, fact. Dummy. Um, one of my biggest one of my biggest relationship pet peeves is you doing things that affect the both of us without consulting me, and then it goes left and we have to get us out of some shit. That had you consulted me to begin with, would have went a totally different direction. If you got yourself into it, you get yourself out of it. Like, and I know that goes against the whole Alex, we're a team thing, but you didn't consult me in order to get into this shit. Don't consult me now that we need to get up out of it. That will literally, like, we're going to get us up out of whatever situation it is, and we're going to have a serious talk about communication. Like, it's not enough to just communicate. It's enough to make sure that I understand, too. Like, no. The other part about it is, I am big about like you have autonomy and I never want you to forget that or lose that. 
please have a hobby. Find something to do. Because 85% of the time, if we're together, I'm going to want to be alone. Like, and when I say alone, we could be sharing a space together. I talk about this a lot. We can be in the same vicinity and do totally different activities. And I'm going to be okay with that. You need to maintain the whatever lifestyle you had going on before we got into this relationship. You need to maintain that. However you were paying your bills before I got here, maintain that shit. However you were getting from point A to point B, maintain that. I am here to support you and to, and to support you on your journey. I am not going to be the like, no, you don't get to just throw your weight on me because we're now together. Absolutely not. No. You will get broken. <laughs> that's it. That's all. So those are um, positive note, Brandy, I mean, on the, positive the weather note? looks like it's starting to break yeah, a little bit, so get outside, get some air, get some fresh air, still social distance. Yes, Lord. Still social I'm distance. I'm going to grab a drink right air, after we get you know off the phone. Like, <laughs> you know, even, you can still be outside, just can't be outside with niggas. For sure. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like, just Absolutely. stay, don't gather. Go outside, I think one don't other gather. thing it's I will say hard. is, um, you niggas who think that like just because that hang out in the different groups of ten, but because it's under ten, you think you're social distancing. You're not. If you hang out with nine niggas on on day on day one, and then you hang out with nine different niggas on day two, you've hung out with eighteen niggas, and you're and you're and you're potentially exposing yourself to like eighteen niggas, and then all the other niggas. So it's like, um, be smart. Be smart. Don't drink bleach. Don't eat Tide Pods. Get outside. Go for a walk. Not that we have don't to drink. Them. Actually, we might have to tell some people that. If you drink bleach, Actually, you deserve whatever we happens. Let to natural you. selection do its thing. Um. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. Drink bleach. I have nothing. Sucks to suck, nigga. <laughs> Actually, Sucks lose my number before you and die. I, also know I don't want you to be connected to me. But you know what? For sure. All of that shit. Delete the thread. Delete the thread. Shit, boy, see Diddy. We are but out. You know Peace. It's your girl, Ali Nicole. Baby, I'm a toy.